Welcome to Good Returns TV. I'm Philip McAllister. A lot of what I'm hearing about in the, in, at conferences and around the traps at the moment is a really positive outlook for um, fixed interest next year. As with pleasure, I have in the studio from Sydney, Chris Joy, who is the founder and chief investment officer of Coolabar Capital. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell me, Coolabar Capital was probably a, a funds management firm New Zealanders don't know much about. Could you just give us a sort of snapshot of, of the business and how much um, fun you have? Yeah, sure. We uh, run $9 billion um, across global bonds. Uh, we have 30 portfolios, uh, about half of those for Insto clients and half for retail. We have um, two New Zealand funds, uh, the short-term income fund and the long short credit fund. We are <clears throat> bringing to New Zealand another two or three strategies. Mm -hmm. um, we're the most active trader of Aussie and New Zealand bonds, probably globally. So we're typically trading 300 million to 400 million dollars a day. Uh, we've turned over about 150 billion since um, <clears throat> the start of last year. And um, you know we have a very quantitative process. So across our 40 staff and 12 traders and 13 analysts, most are quants. We have four PhDs, five guys that have won university medals. Uh, most of our team have technical backgrounds in engineering, math, stats, uh, and finance. Um, and we're very committed to the New Zealand market. Um, uh, we sponsor the Canterbury Crusaders. We sponsor New Zealand's top ski racer. Um, and we spend a lot of time out here. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and your style, you're a long, long, short, active manager. And I guess the key point there is the active part of it. Yeah, we're, um, I think, unusually for fixed income. Uh, we run both long-only strategies here in New Zealand. That's the short-term income fund. But we also run long-short strategies. Um, uh, which is our long short credit fund. Um, uh, you know, in the last year, that long short credit fund after fees has returned about uh, seventeen point three percent, and the long only strategy has done about uh, seven point six percent net of fees. Um, what that means, though, is <clears throat> in that long short fund, we can actually profit from bond prices falling, and credit spreads or interest rates rising. So for example, you know, many of our peers owned Credit Suisse hybrids. Um, <clears throat> Credit Suisse blew up in March. Those hybrids were wiped out. We were actually shorting Credit Suisse bonds last year. And we had a, a ban on any exposure um, on the long side to Credit Suisse that we introduced in May 2021. Wow, and so why have your returns been so strong? I mean, because they're pretty impressive numbers, 17.3 and 7.6. I mean, for a bond fund, I mean, people probably can't believe that. Yeah, so, I mean, you said it at the open, uh, bonds are kind of like the new black. And the reason, <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously, black on black in deference to the uh, uh, extraordinary performance of the, the All Blacks uh, at the World Cup, I think they were probably robbed, uh, as an aside, but um, the... <clears throat> Performance of our strategies is really a function of two things. Firstly, yield. So our long short credit fund is currently <coughs> carrying a yield of 10.6% a year, but um, we're not investing in risky debt. So the average credit rating is actually A+, which is very, very high. Um, and we have daily liquidity in all of our products. That long short fund is so liquid, we actually turn over the portfolio 
15 times or more a year. Where we do uh, enhance the yield is through some gearing. Um, and then the other part of the return is that trading. <clears throat> that uh, very high level of trading activity where we're using 60 to 80 proprietary quantitative models to value bonds. And we're looking for cheap bonds that are mispriced, that are paying too much interest and expensive bonds that we can short. And so if you think of that 17.3% return, a decent chunk has come from yield, but also a very big chunk has come from that trading alpha. And the same is true of our short-term income fund. That's a cash-enhanced product, no gearing. Uh, both, I should have mentioned, are floating rate. So they don't have fixed rate bond exposures. Um, their yields will rise with the RBNZ cash rate and fall with it. Um, and fixed rate bonds <clears throat> have generally performed very poorly over the last couple of years as yields have increased. But now that yields are so high, fixed rate bond exposures are actually quite attractive. So we're actually bringing to New Zealand in the next week our first fixed rate bond portfolio, or it's called a long duration strategy. That strategy is the best performing in Australia over all periods. It's beaten all peers. Um, <clears throat> and rather than being floating rate, that active composite bond fund, it's called, uh, has five years fixed rate bond exposure. And if people want to lock in that exposure and they think that maybe the RBNZ will be cutting rates sooner or, or later, then fixed rate bonds will probably perform really well mm -hmm. at that point. So, so Tommy, what's your outlook for the New Zealand economy? <clears throat> Well, um, you know, New Zealand's super interesting. The RBNZ was one of the first uh, central banks in the world to raise rates in October 21. The RBNZ's put your cash rate at 5.5%. Over the ditch in Australia, the RBA is only at 4.35%. Um, on our numbers, <clears throat> New Zealand looks like it's basically heading into recession. Uh, unemployment has risen here from 3.2% to 3.9%. Um, in Q4 last year, you had negative GDP growth. In Q1 this year, GDP growth was basically flat. Q2 was a bit stronger. Um, <clears throat> obviously, uh, you've got to deal with uh, the natural disasters and the recovery effort associated with that. And Treasury puts that at roughly the same cost as the uh, Christchurch earthquake. So I think around you know, 13 to 15 billion New Zealand dollars worth. Um, <clears throat> but I think, yeah, the times are gonna be tough, unfortunately. New Zealand's going into recession, and I'd add that the RBNZ does not expect to cut rates, according to its own projections, until mid 2025. Mm. So rates are gonna remain high for long. And I think for asset allocation, that means, in our view, you probably wanna be long cash because cash is very attractive. Um, <clears throat> I think bonds are providing incredible returns, particularly in New Zealand where the cash rate is high compared to the rest of the world. Um, our outlook for equities is pretty dim. We think equities globally look overvalued and our outlook for private debt and risky debt, junk bonds, high yield bonds, commercial property, are incredibly negative because we're going through a big default cycle. And it's just starting. You're seeing 
um, if you look at New Zealand bank balance sheets, delinquencies are starting to rise off a, a low base. The banks are very strong and we don't think there's much risk on bank balance sheets. But in Australia particularly, the non-bank lenders have picked up a lot of the risky borrowers and we think many of those guys will fail. The, the non-bank lenders will fail? Yeah, we it's think, a pretty big market in Australia. Yeah, we think non-bank lenders will fail. Um, we think there's been a huge explosion in private debt. And we haven't had a default cycle in Australia since 1991. So the private debt, because that's actually a really growing market, isn't it? So your outlook on that's not flash? <clears throat> no, we actually have the capacity in some of our strategies to allocate to loans, but we've got zero exposure. Um, because, you know, basically, if you think about what happened between 2008 and 2021, after the GFC, everyone reached for risk in a search for yield. And uh, the private debt market exploded. And we think um, these guys who have been financing the riskiest possible borrowers. Um, basically, uh, individuals and businesses, they can't get loans from banks. That all went to the private debt sector. And in Australia particularly, it's almost 100% <coughs> commercial real estate and resi developers. And those two sectors are in an absolute crisis. Mm. And they're pretty bad over here too, so yeah. yeah. And just finally, you've got three new funds coming out here. And so can you tell me what are they? And also I believe they're pies as well. So yeah, that's the importance right. of pie. <clears throat> so our two New Zealand funds are pies. So they're, therefore they're tax effective, but they're also in New Zealand dollars. And then the three new funds, we've got a long duration fund coming, the active composite bond fund. We've got a, a new floating rate high yield fund coming. Uh, which can use um, some gearing. It's just Aussie bank bonds and New Zealand bank bonds, um, but that will pay a yield of 11% floating rate, uh, A-rated. Uh, the long duration strategy is A to double A-rated, but fixed rate, uh, daily liquidity. And then finally, we're gonna bring out a sovereign strategy, which will be triple A-rated. There'll be two unit classes or two options, uh, a floating rate version and a long duration version, but that'll be triple A-rated. We've been running that strategy in our current portfolios for the last year. Um, <clears throat> in those current portfolios, that strategy has returned about 14.5% over the last year. The floating rate high yield strategy we launched into Australia a year ago, it's been very popular. It's returned about 10.5% over the last um, 11 months since launch, net of fees. And then the composite bond strategy, which is the long duration strategy, has <clears throat> beaten the benchmark index in Australia by about 6% over the last year, and it's typically beaten the benchmark by almost 2% pre-fees uh, since we launched it in 2017. Yeah, pretty impressive numbers. Anyway, look, thank you very much for your time, Chris, and, and uh, nice to have you in the studio. Hopefully thank we'll you have very you much. Back again. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers.